As you guys think about safety, security, where you're going to be doing your trading, whether it's on an exchange, possibly looking at securities platforms uh, for stocks and all those kind of things, a lot of it has been in our kind of in our wrap-ups around questions on what kind of platform should you be using, what kind of program should you be looking at, self-custody, all that kind of stuff. We're going to dive into this topic today. It's going to be a fun one. My name is Paul Barron. Welcome back into TechPath. This is going to be one that really kind of uh, focuses in on one one platform that is starting to leverage into two different areas. And we're seeing this more and more coming over from a lot of different exchanges, but also from the security side, we're also seeing that from the brokerages. So this is, I thought, would be a great video for you guys to understand how does this work? What happens when this does occur, when maybe my brokerage is offering crypto or my exchange is offering uh, securities? How does that play into your investment strategy? We're gonna dive into all that good stuff. Joining me today, though, is the CEO of M1 Finance, uh, Bob Armour, great to have you on. Hey, Paul, and um, by the way, I'm the CMO. CMO. My, my, boss, my boss might get a little angry at me if I'm promoting myself as the CEO. Right, CMO right. of M1 Finance, yeah. We get so many CEOs on our show. We gotta get, your, we gotta get the, the CEO on the show one day for, for a round table, for sure. For sure, uh, for sure. We've had you on before. Uh, it's been about over a year uh, since we had M1 Finance on. It was really kind of one of our early videos that we started really venturing into the tech space around uh, investing mostly in tech stocks. That was kind of one of the angles, I think, of the last show that we did. And um, interestingly enough, you know, from that period of time, obviously a lot has happened within the market itself. You guys have obviously changed quite a bit. Give us kind of a rundown in that short period of time, one year, what has really changed with M1 Finance? Obviously, we want to talk about your crypto trading platform now, but explain to me where have been some of the big strides for you guys. For sure. So just real quick, M1 wealth building platform that enables people to build their wealth uh, through spending, borrowing, uh, saving, and investing. Uh, we do it with great cash back when you're spending, we do it with free investing when you're investing. We do it with super low rates when you're borrowing. Uh, and we do it with high rates when you're saving. The, uh, the difference that M1 brings to uh, investing and building wealth is that we do it with a long-term perspective in mind. Uh, we put the individual investor in the driver's seat to determine what sort of portfolio they should have and then they put that portfolio into play. So we are not for trading, you know, we're not a day trading platform. We're yeah. very much built around investing and building your portfolio over time and letting that grow in a brick by brick manner. In terms of what happens, what's, what's happened since April. So I think soon after our interview, we launched our cashback credit card. It's called the owner's rewards card. Yeah. And it's, un it's unique twist is that you as an investor, in about 70 or 75 different companies. If you're an investor in one of these companies and you can see them on the screen here, when you use the owner's rewards card at any of those uh, venues, you get anywhere from two and a half to 10% cash back so that that cash that comes back into your portfolio actually starts to continue to build your long-term wealth. So it's everyday spending to drive long-term wealth. And we're big believers in ownership and and kind of what the benefits of being an owner do so we did we've we've launched that 
great success. It's a unique proposition in the market. And um, we feel pretty good that we're helping people, again, build their wealth, even when they're just out, whatever, having a coffee or doing whatever. Um, You had mentioned uh, crypto. We have crypto that's going to be launching in the next three or four weeks on the M1 platform. We chose to launch it because we believe and our and more importantly, our users believe that this is an asset class, that it has long term legs, that it's going to be around for a while. And people were telling us that they wanted exposure. In fact, we did a survey of uh, a big portion of our users and something like 61 percent had investments in crypto already somewhere else and wanted to combine it with uh, on one platform uh, so that you could get exposure in uh, stocks or ETFs and now uh, soon to be crypto. Um, we, we are, you know, we are taking the same approach to crypto that we do to our stock investing. So it's very much with a long term term uh, mindset in mind. This is not a place you're going to be able to trade in real time individual, um, uh, you know, crypto quickly. Our approach is you put together your portfolio, you have allocations towards that portfolio. And with a long term mindset in mind, you're going to just continue to put money into the portfolio. Our software figures out where you're overweighted or where you're underweighted versus your balance of what you would like in your portfolio. And um, we're encouraging people to just, again, use the brick by brick way of building wealth over time. And crypto is uh, a similar way to do that uh, on our platform. Very cool. Will the crypto platform have the same kind of uh, strategy around your pie concept where it does look at your rebalancing and weighting of your overall portfolio? Exactly right. We have, uh, I believe it's going to be 10 coins to start out. So um, you will tell the, the platform which of those coins you want in your portfolio, anywhere from one to 10 And then what is the percentage allocation that you want in each one of those coins? And then over time, as the market shifts or as things go on, your portfolio in in actuality may be different than what your targets are. And so the way our platform works in crypto as well as for stocks and ETFs is that when you're underweighted somewhere, when you put more money into that, the, the money seeks out those underweighted spots to try to always get you back to the place where your actual and your plan is the same. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, um, in, okay. So the comparisons I get, and I think most people will look at when they look at something like an M1 is they're going to look at things like public or Robinhood or others where, you know, it's a typical, you know, brokerage account that you're trading in and out of. Obviously there's some, you guys are a little bit different in the sense of more wealth management, which is more long-term plays which I like that, you know, because it has uh, a lot of, I think, discipline that in many cases investors need if they're looking at long term, because there's, it's very easy to step into an exchange and start trading, you know, some DGEN altcoins and get in and out of things. But when it really comes to looking at something long term, you, you kind of garner those a little differently. In some cases, people create entire different accounts to do that. So I think to your point, 
is it really kind of uh, loads in on, on what the strategy is in terms of wealth building. So you guys obviously have the brokerage. You've got, you also have uh, a checking account as well that is tied to, if I saw right, a debit card. Could you utilize a debit card in the checking account itself? Yep. So it's, it is a digital checking account and you get a card that um, you use wherever you're going to use a uh, debit card. And if you are a member of our plus program, which is our upgrade uh, program on M1, you get uh, 1.7% uh, APY, which is one of the highest rates in the market. Yeah. And you also get 1% cash back when you use that uh, debit card. And it's mm -hmm. important to point out, Paul, all of these things are connected to each other and you can establish rules between them. So in the case of the uh uh, credit card and say our borrow product, which is a, mar a margin product, you right. can indicate that your um, borrow product backstop your credit card so that if you do not want to uh, pay off your credit card and you do not want to pay credit card interest rates, you can default into your borrow availability and rather than paying whatever your credit card rate is, 14, 15%, and oh, you can okay. pay off that with the borrow at four and a quarter to five percent. Yeah, I saw that. Um, so that's, that's so all of these things are connected and, and work together based on the rules that you set up that are right for you. Very cool. So a lot of creative uh, finance tools. I think that's one of the things when you are building wealth. You know, there's many different platforms out there. We, this is the first one that I've really seen cover the gambit in terms of the different instruments that can be utilized within a wealth portfolio, whether you look at securities, you look at an IRA, uh, you need something to manage in terms of your everyday expenses, which gets into checking debit credit, uh, and then of course crypto. So when you kind of put all this together like this, and I guess the scenarios that what we're seeing in the marketplace right now is a lot of pressure on exchanges. Now, I don't necessarily call you guys an exchange, but you're going to buy some crypto through there, so it has a certain level of exchange uh, elements to it. What, first of all, what are the processes that you guys have to go through to establish whether a token comes in to M1 Finance? And if it does, are you working with regulators to make sure? And I guess, how does that apply if, if in fact, you guys are technically selling securities, but also have crypto? How does that apply for those two kind of intricacy, because we are seeing some struggles within that right now within exchanges. Sure. I mean, not going into like too much super detail, um, stock exchange and equities exchange is a regulated um, uh, activity and right. there's required insurance as a broker dealer to have. And, you know, all of that that's kind of built into, uh, you know, the system of, of buying and selling stock in mm -hmm. Crypto, it's it's not regulated. So um, there, it, it's it's run through two different rails. You know, for us, we use a third party uh, to actually execute the um, uh, uh, crypto uh, uh, buying, holding, and uh, selling that's going to be on M1. Uh, we are not uh, staking. We are not lending. You know, so all of the kind of things that have been in the news about companies who um, have got gotten over their skis regarding lending out um, uh, crypto 
and and not having the ability to kind of enable their users to get their money out. We're not in, we're not there, we're not going to be there. Um, so ours buy, sell, hold, and in terms of what coins we're gonna offer, we had a lot of internal discussion about that. We wanted to have uh, coins that had significant, you know, kind of market value relative to each other. We did not want any meme, you know, kind of coins. Um, so we're we're trying to enable exposure to serious investors who believe that cryptocurrency is a part of their overall strategy. And I, again, our product is targeted towards people who want long-term exposure and stay in it versus being in and out regularly. Yeah, I, and I think this is um, this is a big differentiation between what M1 is doing and what we've seen with many of the companies that have been in the news lately, obviously for bad reasons. Uh, and, and one of those scenarios does come into the whole aspect of is a crypto or a certain project a security? With in, You mentioned in the pre-show Apex being involved with you guys. Do they make the decision on or do you pick from kind of a bucket of coins that Apex may offer in terms of a clearinghouse kind of uh, scenario to include that into your wealth management system? Is that the process or do you actually have to work with the SEC and regulators around offering those tokens? No. So Apex has, I believe, approximately 38 or 39 coins that you can choose from. M1 yep. has chosen uh, kind of the top 10 uh, that are um, kind of what their value is. And again, non what I would call meme stock right. uh, or meme coin uh, uh, offering. So Dogecoin uh, is not going to be on M1 because we just don't believe that like the premise yeah. of that particular cryptocurrency is in line with what we're about and what our users, uh, uh, long-term users are really about. Sure. Let's get into the market space because um, you look at what Robinhood is doing. Public is another one that's been out there really kind of uh, targeting the millennial uh, wealth building population that are, are really kind of looking at how to manage their investment funds in the future. How would you compare up against, say, a Robinhood? I know it's a, it's a bit different. It is a true trading app. But is there some comparisons that someone would look or is this something that you feel that customers are going to have both? It, it really depends on what you're looking for. We, we believe we offer the premier way to build long-term wealth, whether you're uh, spending, borrowing, saving, uh, or investing, and again, on one platform. If you want to trade regularly, meaning mm -hmm. intraday, in and out, we're not right for that. So if that yeah. is an element of your strategy and you want that and you want what we offer, you would see an overlap. I think yeah. our ultimate long-term goal, Paul, is to be the digital private bank to the masses. So right now, the private banks offer, you know, white glove service, kind of making sure that whatever you do with your money, you have the confidence that you're going to do it exactly right. The problem sure. with private banks is you need $10 million to get in and you need to be willing to pay anywhere from, I don't know, a half a point to a point on that. That ends up being really expensive. We believe that by combining 
the cash needs, midterm borrowing needs, long-term investing needs, and with a great UI UX and um, uh, you know a very simple way to manage your money, that we can bring many of the same uh, benefits that a private bank brings to their clients now for somebody that has way less than 10 plus million dollars. And our goal is to be that solution for enabling wealth creation with confidence um, for many more people than what a private bank could do now for them. Yeah. Well, and I think obviously it opens up to a larger you know, population there that can access something like this and wealth building, you know, the wealth building aspect of it. So I think that's the benefit of how this goes into it. Um, all right, so let's talk about some of the key things that obviously right now are, are, are pretty much on the front of everyone's minds, especially as they're starting to place crypto long terms. You guys, of course, you approach it a little bit differently than what an exchanger or something of that nature uh, does. So if I'm putting or buying or acquiring Bitcoin within M1, obviously uh, Apex, I'm assuming, is holding my tokens, hence my key. So I'm still not doing self-custody. Uh, this is still where I'd be parking it within the platform itself. Is that correct? That's correct. And and so we, just like you could go buy a gold ETF through M1, we're now enabling you to be able to get exposure to Bitcoin, Ethereum, eight others immediately yeah. um, as if it's a, just a, another asset class and an asset class that you believe in should be part of your long-term portfolio. So we're, what we're trying to differentiate on is really the difference between, you know, kind of buying and like being in and out of the market versus people that just want the exposure and we're going to make it easy for them to mm -hmm. get that exposure, easy for them to set up a portfolio for that exposure and easy to set up dollar cost averaging uh, and putting money regularly to work into that exposure. Again, not unlike anything else we offer on the platform. So yeah. you have a stock allocation, you have an ETF allocation, you have a bond ETF allocation. Now you're going to have crypto allocation yes. and portfolio creation. Yeah, very much like a crypto savings account in, in essence. I mean, you've, you look at look at long-term plays here. These are typically tokens they're gonna be holding you know, for a longer period of time. Um, let's talk about how funds can move in between. So since you are acting as a bank and, uh, and I wanna get into the borrow aspect, how that might work as well, but from the, let's just, Keep with the bank side of things if i'm depositing funds in and i want to move that uh, those funds us dollars now into either securities and buy some securities or i want to flip over into crypto and buy some crypto either with either one of them am i able to do that fluidly within the the platform itself just boom point you know five thousand dollars this way and five thousand dollars that way how does that mechanically work basically exactly the way you described it you okay. you right. determine what your allocation is for the different types of assets. You determine how much money you want to initially put into those, um, that, those portfolios. And then you decide whether you want to kind of put it on autopilot in terms of keep funding. You can fund up yeah. to a certain amount. You can say when my checking account reaches uh, 
pick a number above your, mm-hmm. your emergency savings account and you want to start kicking that somewhere else, you can kick that into your portfolios that you set up. You can kick that into paying down your borrow balance. You can okay. kick that into paying off your credit card uh, uh, expense. So you decide. I mean, this is really built for to make it very easy for a do-it-yourself, in-control investor to set up how they want their monies to flow. How up. And, you know, the way we kind of shorthand describe it is it's your strategy. It's our automation. And we yeah. just put it into play for you. Um, as far as the transfers that take place, are you guys plaid connected? Is this like an ACH or a wire? What, how, what's the way I fund an account right now with M1? It's, it's through plaid, through ACH. Okay. You know, you'd come in in terms of initially establishing an account, an account. We put you through the same, you know, kind of brokerage, uh, know your customer questions yeah. that any brokerage has to go through. You then connect your bank account. Uh, plaid is uh, our back end for doing that. Okay. All right. Cool. And then as far as uh, withdrawal limits or deposit limits, is there a minimum that I need to start with to get a, an account open? Do you open with a brokerage or, a, or an actual virtual bank account? You, you open with a brokerage. Uh, we are going to be enabling kind of direct onboarding to our spend platform. Our, okay. our spend is our, our uh, checking account uh, that is coming, I think, even sooner than crypto is coming. So oh, that wow. okay. will be available to to do directly. And then in terms of minimums, it's $100. All right, so easy access for everyone. Withdrawal limits, I'm in M1, I've got a bunch of crypto in there and then I have some securities in there and I wanna sell everything. What happens? What's the process? You, you just tell sell us it. you wanna sell <laughs> sell everything and, and tell us where you want it to go. It's There's yeah. no... It, it, there's no blocking that goes on. It's your money. It's, it's your you're in control. These seem like normal questions that most people would not have to ask. But uh, as you know, under the circumstances of our environment, these are kind of questions that everybody's asking now. For, for sure. I get, I, I get it. And I get what's going on with a number of the other kind of what I would call, you know, crypto lending platforms that I think right. are, are kind of in that have been in the news. We are not doing that. We are not offering that. It's our belief is it's your money. It's in your control. Whatever you want to do with it, yeah. however you want to spend <laughs> it and invest it, we're going to just let you do that. So SIP, SIPC insurance, that being for securities insurance, basically your yep. brokerage, you, you have to carry that. I think it's up to 500K. Um, yep. And much similar to an FDIC insured uh, scenario where you're putting that into a bank, you get some FDIC insurance on U.S. dollars. On an SIPC, you're being secured against the securities against those. So if anything were to happen with M1, that takes care of it, just like if it was a bank account. What about the crypto account itself? How is that and is that secured in any way? So, again, not to get into too much inside baseball, but at Apex, Apex is managing the the um, actual execution of the trades. The crypto is held. It's it's not available. Like you, you couldn't hack into it. It's in it's in what's called cold storage. It is not like you know. It's not it, it enabled through uh, a key that you could uh, get as an individual. Um, and then we also you know as Apex is our 
provider of this, there's insurance that we collectively have uh, with them on this. So again, it's to, to, to boil it down, we are, we feel very strongly that we, we are uh, as secure as we can be with this. And we are offering again, buying, selling and holding for our clients. And that's it. No lending, no staking. Right. Um, and so well, you're it, taking the assets and, and lending. You you have a borrow program, but it's not necessarily has anything to do with crypto or even in the financial side that, from the securities element. So that's exactly right. Uh, our yeah. bar product is for taxable yeah. equity accounts, and you can borrow up to forty percent of that at super low rates, four and a quarter percent. So uh, let's go into the borrow product. So I, you, you, let's say you have $10,000 worth of securities in there. You own some Tesla stock, you know, some Microsoft, whatever it might be. You can borrow right against those securities. You're saying I can do up to 40% at four and a quarter right now, which is pretty, pretty good on the market right now overall. What is the terms in which I've got to pay that back? Is it just maintenancing the interest or do I have some sort of installment? What's that process? Yeah, well, four and a quarter we think is for the for the you know, kind of entry into this, we think it's the best on the market, um, just to sell our own thing as strongly as I can. Um, so what are the rules? The rules are it's you're, you're borrowing against yourself. So there's yeah. interest that we charge for that. Um, you can, you just pay back the interest every yeah. month, whatever you have. Uh, you can instantly get that money and use it for whatever you want to use yeah. it for. So. You could go buy more stock with it. You could go buy real estate property with it. You could go buy a nice vacation with it. It's another uh, way to get liquidity at a yeah. very low price. And you can see the interface that's up here. It really yeah. gives you a good understanding of kind of where you are. Uh, what what like wh what would your portfolio have to fall by in order to uh, well what would it have to fall by to be subject to a margin call? Um, again, we try to make it super easy for people to get it, super inexpensive to access the money, and then you know, very fast so that you can do whatever you want to do with it. Any plans to, uh, a couple of questions here first before we get into some other yep. items on, on yield and et cetera. Um, when it comes to fees, uh, right now, trading fees, what are my trading fees if I'm buying Tesla stock within the platform? How much do I pay M1 for that? You don't. No fees. Zero. What no about fees. crypto? Crypto, no fees. Some, so no zero fees on trading or acquisition. Uh, what about disposition of those assets? If I'm selling my crypto within that account or selling my securities, no fees. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, yeah, no fee, no commissions, no fees on trades. Um, we make money through spread on crypto the buy and sell on on that and we make money in in securities for enabling securities lending and yeah. um, payment for order flow which isn't a big number um and gets a lot of press i think sure. on yeah uh, from robin hood but no it's again our strategy is to uh show people that this platform is the best platform on the market that it will take care of your short, medium, and long-term financial needs and goals, and that we believe that banks charge way too much for their services. We believe that stock um, brokerages 
interfaces are poor and that we can offer something much better. And that, you know, much like we preach to our users about taking the long view, we take the long view with the relationships that we're establishing with our users and that over time, the ways we make money will accrue significantly to us where we don't have to charge a nickel and dime uh, every time somebody is using our platform. Yeah. Does, um, do you offer a stable coin environment where people could park stable coins in there, earn any kind of yield uh, within the ecosystem? No stable coins at this, all assets. At this, that's correct. Okay. No, not yet. All right. all right. So potentially maybe in the future? Uh, I'm not pinning you down here, Bob, <laughs> but that's a big I, I'm question. Sure. I, I would say potentially yes. I, I mean, the general manager of that business would probably uh, slap me down. Uh, <laughs> so I'd say potentially yes. Okay. Okay. So I think, you know, the question here, I think, is that there's going to be a huge opportunity for companies like M1, especially now, because we are going to see some regulation in environment around stable coins, most likely, and most likely around some of the blue chips in the crypto uh, space in the next couple of years. So it's really going to become, I think, a big rush to get into platforms that are managing wealth in the way that you guys are doing it. So I think you're way ahead of the of the curveball here. So that's that's good. Um, and I think the, the future of doing these kind of uh, functions within this is going to be uh, pretty, pretty strategic in the aspect of being able to manage everything from one platform. So you've got a crypto do your IR, let's talk a little bit about your IRAs because I know you guys offer that. Can can you transfer an IRA in? Do you have to launch within the platform itself? You can do both. You know, okay. we will we will uh, take accounts from other brokerages or if you're rolling over a 401k, you can roll it into an IRA on yeah. M1 or you can, you know, start at uh, square one and open okay. up uh, IRA uh, directly here. Um, yeah, I think a, a, you know, a number of our customers have moved, you know, it's probably a billion two or a billion three worth of accounts from places like Vanguard, Fidelity, yeah. Charles Schwab, um, with our pitch being, it's just a better user experience and it's yeah, more so interconnected and more well, yeah. I think, and also you guys being a, kind of a digital first, you know, platform where a lot of these brokerages kind of migrated over from the analog systems of, of how IRAs used to be done. So that's a big part of it. Let's talk about the paranoia around self-custody and then we'll wrap up here. Uh, self-custody has been a big issue that uh, it, it's one that we talk about here on this channel quite a bit, especially as we've seen some, some situations where investors have got caught you know, holding the bag on Voyager and Celsius. That, that's yep. really the biggest issue. So as you can imagine, a lot of people are gun shy within those kind of scenarios. Any plans for any kind of integration into self-custody products like a ledger down the road that might some way integrate into an M1 in some fashion? I mean, we are just getting going and, and taking step one now. Um, we have nothing that i know of paul immediately on our roadmap to do that sort of thing our purpose in doing what we're doing right now is to make it easy for people that you know want crypto exposure but aren't 
you know, kind of into it to the level that you're describing. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it is just making it super easy for them to get into it uh, without, you know, kind of getting into the complexity or even the fear of what you're describing. So, yeah, it is a problem. I mean, and you're right there. We have a lot of new investors in the space right now. Maybe they're they're accustomed to securities investment. But crypto is typically this is their first time into the market, which is kind of a good thing because you've got the market deflated so much now. It's a great time to be looking at these things. But you're right. It, they the first thing and the questions I get are everything from, gosh, what is a wallet? You know, how does that work? You know, this ERC twenty is that something I need to be worried about? What is a smart con versus just let's go on buy some Bitcoin, some Ethereum, you know, whatever your choice tokens are if you want to get in some altcoins park that in an account and just leave it, you know, but, but as most investors, as you know, everybody starts to go down the rabbit hole and then they start moving into other ways where yields are coming in, all those kind of things. So it is a problem in the and, industry. And I, I, yeah, well, I think like everything else, the more you monkey around with your portfolio, the more that you're in and out and trying to guess where the market's going to go, exactly. it's been proven that you're going to be wrong. Right. Your best strategy is kind of be Zen about your investments. Yeah. I don't think crypto is any different, really. Yeah. I, I think yeah. it's it, no one knows where it's going to go. And if you're a believer in it, your best strategy is to stay in it, keep funding it and just don't be in and out. Just play the long game. Yeah, for sure. I want to get just to a few questions uh, for sure. Make sure and like the video, guys, because we always love uh, to get your interaction. Do you like these kind of interviews? All that good stuff. I do want to jump to our poll real quick. This is an interesting one. Uh, okay, which non-self-custody solution uh, do you trust the most with your crypto? So right now, traditional banks we put up there because we see more people going in that direction. And then crypto exchanges and then stock brokerage, even though we haven't seen outside of Robinhood truly moving into this and obviously you guys are moving into this. So I think the experience level is going to be still yet to be determined uh, for that. Uh, there's a question here from uh, Terry Ball, who is uh, which countries is this available in right now? It's available only in the U.S. U.S. only. All right. And then um, in terms of the FDIC insurance, that is only for your bank account side of things, because obviously the securities would be under SPIC. Uh, or SIPC, uh, SIPC, or SPIC, SIPC. Um, but the FDIC, Jesus, these crazy acronyms. Uh, we get so many here. I mean, I must have 80 acronyms a week that I'm trying to deal with. The, uh, the FDIC is for the bank accounts per se. So that would be US dollars, obviously from a security aspect from Apex. Different kind of scenario. You kind of sidestep that question though. Is it secured or is it pretty much at risk in terms of crypto? You, you mean like at, at Apex? At risk, I own meaning there's no insurance. There's no right. like regulated no, insurance on no, it. No, no insurance or any kind of fallback. If it goes to if it if Apex goes down, what happens to my coins that are in there? Uh, if Apex one. goes <laughs> if Apex goes down, what happens to my coins that are in there? Um, I, I, th again, this might be beyond my like knowledge here, Paul, but I think when you say Apex goes down, like they, they 
go bankrupt? Like, well, you you have you know, nobody expects people saying, "Hey, you can't withdraw your crypto." Uh, I mean, that that's a rare occasion. It's only happened a few times in Black Swan events, and that's happened twice this year, and most likely going to happen again this year. So we're you, you can imagine the crypto community out there is in pretty. Uh, radars are up and they're really looking in at these programs very much very much more than they've ever looked at them before even though I think in general we do see a lot of people who are looking at ex- at uh, you know exchanges differently than what we see on brokerages so that's going to be a big a big factor for sure now on, on the withdrawals because here's a question uh, with the withdrawals themselves is there any limit on which I can withdraw back to my bank account? I'm done with M1. I want to bring 100 grand back to my bank account. Is that possible in all one one fail swoop? Yeah, you can you can move it um, back to wherever you want it whenever you want that. Okay. All right. Cool. And I think those are the you know those are the big questions. Obviously, that that our audience is constantly on the front end, and people that are getting into crypto for the first time. They're trying to figure out the safest and most non-volatile way to get into it. So uh, it's another one uh, for sure. So again, thanks and, for the, and again, thanks for the- like it's, I think the main point to emphasize here is that the companies that have been in the news lately, who have restricted their their users' access to their investments, are lending those assets out and when there was a run on their bank yep they couldn't get it that is not the case here yeah and it's fractional reserve banking which has been in the finance world forever you know it's just different now because they were doing fractional reserve crypto and putting it into spaces that were super volatile as opposed to a bank makes a bad loan sure the loan goes to zero they're exposed and that dollar was part of your overall deposited dollar in that bank account. Um, so those are, those are the kind of scenarios that I think the industry is facing in general. And it is one that we're going to continue to see, especially around the volatility, the liquidity issues, because we see more and more issues now from a global uh, aspect of we may could and could very well have a possibility of liquidity events down the road. And I'm talking about finance industry wide, all of TradFi. Uh, we could see some liquidity events start to occur. So we're we're in the in the hunt for sure in terms of understanding where are the best services, what kind of products are out there, how can we implement those into our investing strategy. One of the reasons we wanted to have you guys on the show. But uh, Bob, always fun to uh, kind of jump into this with you. I can't wait to see more, uh, especially if you guys roll out these products. I'm, it, what's the timeline on the crypto product of when it would be available? Next three months, two three. months, what do you think? Oh, no, sooner than that. Probably three weeks. Oh, okay. So it's going to be very, all right. Great. Awesome. Yeah. The general, I think the general audience launch is, yeah, end of the month. So uh, we'll be there again. Really appreciate you uh, having us and me on. uh, I love the conversation. Yeah. Always love it. All right, my man. Thank you so much for stopping in today. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Paul. See you. Okay, you guys are in on our podcast right now. That's great. We love to have you over on iTunes and Spotify, all the places you find your podcast for both this show and our Metaverse Insider show. But guess what? This is the only place to come when you want the full you know, alpha on what's happening in the crypto space, the tech space, how blockchain is really kind of changing the world. 
That's right here on TechPath Crypto, and it's going to be here on the YouTube channel. All you have to do is search Paul Barron Network, subscribe, like a couple of videos. It's going to get in your feed. You'll start to get some live stream notifications, all that good stuff. If you guys want to reach me, it is out on Twitter, at Paul Barron. We'll catch you next time right here on TechPath.